I'll be taking my text tonight from the book of Psalms, Psalm 121. And we'll be starting at the first verse. Psalm 121, verse 1. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. This is a a psalm that is part of a group of psalms that are called a song of degrees, also a song of ascents. These are songs that were sung as the children of Israel would travel to Jerusalem to attend the feasts. And uh, it starts at 120. So Psalm 120 is the first one, and it goes all the way through 134. And all of these were, uh, as they traveled along, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to play the, the A through Z game on the freeway and other things to keep their attention. So they would uh, sing songs about the Lord on their way to Jerusalem. Uh, the previous psalm, I think it's important to read. It gives us perspective. These, these were both written by David. And you read Psalm 121, and, and you're pretty encouraged. But let's, let's read 120. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee? Thou false tongue, sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper. Woe is me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I shall that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Quite a contrast. David was human. We heard about that this morning. We read in the Bible and we look at these people and we put them maybe up on a pedestal. And to a degree, I think we should. We say how they trusted the Lord. They're great examples for us. But we need to remember they were just flesh and bone like you and me. David had his ups and downs just like all of us do. When I read... Psalm 121 and, and got to verse 3, uh, these phrases just spoke to me. They really jumped out at me. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God, how it does that? You can read something and, and then you read it again and you, it's something completely new. Uh, that, and it, maybe it's something you recognized before, but it's maybe, it's, maybe I just needed it. You know, that's, that's how it works sometimes too. The Lord knows what we need. He keepeth thee. Right? He that keepeth thee. It reminded me, and it should remind all of us, that this walk of faith is not something we do alone. Uh, We have the Lord to help us. Uh, And without the Lord, we're, 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 we're done for. We can't do it on our own. Not on our own strength. Um, I I came up with some, some ideas here as some examples. And we're going to read a few Verses here. I, I like to uh, put the perspective on all of these. We're going to look at a few that look to the Lord because uh, they needed His help. Uh, we, we get shaken sometimes. 
We, we, we can get put in a place where we don't know the way out. Or we don't know what's happening. Or what to do. And it can't hurt to go to the Lord. And that, that, that's what we're going to read about here. I'm going to look into 2 Kings chapter 19. You can turn there with me if you'd like. This is Hezekiah. So this is a letter that was read to Hezekiah. Thus shall ye speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God, in whom thou trusteth, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria was on a rampage and doing quite well and proud of himself and wanted uh, everyone in Jerusalem to know they're next, is what it came down to. He made a mistake. He brought God into the picture. That was a huge mistake. If we go a little farther down to verse 14, Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Hezekiah was desperate. Assyria had all they needed. The human, you look at what was going on, they had no chance. It was over. But Hezekiah went to the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which has sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations in their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they have destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of this hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God. Even thou only. I like the next verse. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. Amen? Amen. He will keep us. He will keep us. We heard about Elijah a little bit this morning. Let's hear a little more. First Kings. First Kings 19. I'm going to start at verse 9. So he's already taken care of the prophets of Baal. That's all done. Then he went and was under a tree for a while and crows fed him. Now we find him in a cave. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life 
to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. So he went out outside the cave just a little bit, and the Lord sent several things. We have earthquakes and different things, but then there was a still small voice. We're thankful for a still small voice. It's a loud, clamoring world out there. There's a lot of a lot of voices that want to get our attention. And it's easy for us to get distracted. But if we can get ourselves in a place where we will listen for a still, small voice. And when Elijah heard that, he heard it. And he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold... There came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Sound familiar? God does that sometimes. He'll keep asking us the same question until we have the right answer. Elijah gives the same answer again. We don't have to read that twice. And here's the Lord's response. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou hast when, when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Japhat of Abimelech, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it came to pass that him that escapeth, and it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Did God address Elisha's issue? No. He just gave him, here's what you're doing. He gave him marching orders. Amen? Sometimes we can get stuck in a rut. We look around, start feeling sorry for ourselves. God has to remind us, I have a job for you. Don't you remember? Don't you remember what you consecrated? Don't you remember you said you'd do for me? He didn't leave him there, though. Then he had an answer for his question. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Eventually he got to Elijah's issue, but he first gave him marching orders. First he had to remind him, this is what I need you to do next. You're not done. One more. Paul, in a letter to Timothy. 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1, and we're going to start at verse 8. This is, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an unholy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given in us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death 
and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Sometimes we can acknowledge the fact that the Lord keeps us and we can encourage others with that very same knowledge. That's what Paul was doing. Almost sounded like uh, a coach talking to his, his uh, team before he sent them out. Trying to encourage Timothy that you, you don't need to be ashamed. The Lord's going to keep anything you commit to him. And you can trust him. The other part of Psalm 121 that caught my attention will not slumber. I'm so thankful for that. How many of you have ever been exhausted? I am right now, but that's beside the point. Mentally, physically, Emotionally, all of the above. Life can be draining. It's easy for us to look, to put these limits on the Lord, on God, because we don't know any other, we don't understand how one couldn't be exhausted because we all get there at some point. But He's God. He doesn't have human limitations. Uh, no matter what time of day or night, if we feel the need to pray, He's there. Right? He doesn't slumber. He's not asleep. He's not unaware. I think you could apply that to that same word. We worry that God isn't this or God doesn't see it. He sees it. He sees it all. I'm thankful for that. But where, where would we be if we had to be put on hold or if we had to have an appointment? That'd be discouraging, wouldn't it? We know that we can take this verse, He that keepeth thee will not slumber. When you put that together, that's powerful. It's powerful. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He's got our back all the time, no matter what. He's constantly available, day or night, at work, at home, in a crowd, alone. It doesn't matter. He's available. He's constantly calling. He doesn't slumber, He's calling. He's calling us for a closer walk. He's given us those checks to be sure we're, we're staying where we're supposed to be. We're walking in the, where the Lord wants us to walk. He's calling loved ones that need the Lord. People need the Lord. Do you feel burdened for that? We should. 
all the time. It should be emotionally exhausting to us. It should. It should be a burden we carry. That's part of the gospel. God's always calling. If we speak to someone about the Lord, God's talking to them. We don't have to be perfect in what we say. Just say something. Show love to them. God's always calling. He's constantly comforting. In life's challenges, we're going to find that we can look into the Word of God. Like I did when I read this psalm. And we can find that He will comfort us with what we read. When we go to the, we'll go to prayer and bring our needs before the Lord. Be honest with the Lord and, and just lay it all out there. He will help us. He'll comfort us. He'll, He'll provide us all we need. He doesn't coddle us. Comfort is not coddling. Elijah was not coddled. Elijah was told, go do this. And don't you worry about it. I'm with you. The Lord's not going to let us, you know, curl up in a ball for two days. That's not what he wants. That's not a soldier of the cross. He wants to get our eyes on the purpose that he has for us. If we can stay focused on that, the things that bother us, they might still be there, but we are focused. He's constantly responding. We heard about that this morning. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We heard that. Amen? Availeth much. Opportunities abound. That's what I think about when I read that part. Even long after we've prayed a prayer, he's responding. He he remembers the prayer the minute it came out of your mouth. He knows the prayer before it comes out of your mouth. He knows what we need. But it's good to remind him, just for our own sake. But the, he, he's, he's responding all the time. What is the cry of your heart tonight? We have prayer requests and choir all the time. And every time we say who's got an unspoken, every hand goes up. Unspoken request. Don't want to necessarily say what it is, but I got something on my heart. That's the way it is in here right now. We all have something. We all have something. Who's on your heart tonight? Lord knows. More importantly, if you're not a child of God tonight, if you're not saved, why not tonight? Why not tonight? What's holding you back? It's a, the benefits of the gospel are amazing. Someone who will keep you and never slumber on your side. Can't get better than that. World's getting darker. People are getting colder and harder. Satan's grip is getting tighter. He knows Jesus is coming soon. He can break you free of all that tonight. He can. Simple prayer. A simple prayer of contrition. A simple prayer of telling the Lord you're sorry. Surrendering your life. 
allowing Him to have control. Victory. Victory's ahead for you if you'll do that. Whatever's on your heart tonight, the Lord is not slumbering. And He's ready to help you through it all. He has the answer on the way. Maybe it's tonight. Whatever the need is tonight, let's bring it to the Lord. The song is 482. Why don't we come and pray?